Welcome inside the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. John Ledyard from FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting, along with Trevor Sikama of PewterReport.com, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Trev, today we continue our redraft of the 2016 NFL class. We went through the top 10 picks, both assessing what was and what could be in a redraft situation. We redrafted Carson Wentz to the Rams, Jared Goff to the Eagles, Joey Bozer to the Chargers, Ezekiel Elliott to the Cowboys, Jalen Ramsey to the Jaguars, so some things stayed the same. Uh, the Ravens got Yannick Ngakwe instead of Ronnie Stanley, although we said Stanley was a great pick. DeForest Buckner was a great pick, but we want Michael Thomas instead. Jack Conklin was a great pick. We want Ronnie Stanley instead with him still being on the board. Uh, Leonard Floyd, uh, we gave it a C. Uh, we took Keanu Neal there instead to the Bears, pairing him with Adrian Amos, uh, obviously before Eddie Jackson came along. And uh, Eli Apple, we gave a D so far. We gave the Giants Deion Jones in the first time they've had a good linebacker in a very long time. So now, sir, we are at Vernon Hargraves going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I'm yep. just going to open the floor for you to assess the the grade for this pick so far. Yeah. Um, the Hargraves grade, I mean, it can't be anything higher than a C. I would say that it's a D right now. I wouldn't, I yeah. would not say it's an F. I mean, some people, I think some Bucks fans would love to jump on the fact that it was an F, but you kind of got to realize that, you know, playing cornerback in the NFL, moving from, from from college to the big leagues, it's so difficult your rookie year. And I thought Vernon Hargraves obviously really struggled his rookie year. I think he gave up the most catches of any corner in the league, mm-hmm. gave up the most yards of any corner in the league. And you obviously don't want to see stuff like that, but it's also hard. To, you you kind of got to be like a – I think Michael Kiss is the one who said this, and I really liked it when I heard him say it. Um, being a rookie cornerback and starting is like trying, trying to drink water through a fire hose. Like mm-hmm. you're learning, you're trying to learn all kinds of schemes. You're trying to learn chemistry with your other players. You're trying to learn, um, what your coach's tendencies are. And then on the flip side, you're trying to watch all kinds of tape on offensive guys, new guys that you see every week, some of the best receivers in the NFL, some of the best offenses in the NFL. Um, and cornerback's a really hard position to play. So first year, really tough for him, obviously a learning curve year. This last year, past 2017, we thought, okay, well, you know, if, if Hargraves is supposed to be the guy that we think he's going to be, he's going to take a step forward. Those first six weeks in 2017, he absolutely did not. I mean, he, again, gave all kinds of cushion, did not look confident, played off coverage, did not suit him well, um, ended up getting demoted to the slot role and played very well as a slot cornerback, which, okay, great, but, you know, you were still the – number 11 overall pick and that's kind of where this all comes to fruition now as we talk about it is going into 2018 what is Vernon Hargraves he struggled so much over the last two years playing on the outside but you don't spend the number 11 overall pick on a slot corner so they're going to give him another shot to play as an outside cornerback this year what it's going to be is he's going to be the starter on the outside in base and then when they move to nickel, he's going to be the starting nickel corner. Mm. So I think they're trying to get the best of both both worlds with him where he can play that nickel spot and yet hopefully still learn to improve as an outside cornerback. Who knows? We'll kind of – I guess we'll see if that's possible. But um, what did you think of Hargraves coming out? I, I mean I'd love to hear an outsider's opinion because yeah. I've talked about him so much. Um, what did I you liked think? Him. I liked him too, you know, and, and maybe, you know – I, I really did. I liked him. I thought he would be an easy transition guy. I didn't think his ceiling would be particularly high. I definitely didn't think he'd be a bust, though. You know, so this 
the last couple of years has really been puzzling to me, but because I, I thought he was pretty good technically, and you know, I I thought yeah, he'd have some size concerns at times, some some issues in the air, but I you know those are more like sporadic issues for most corners. If that's their primary concern, I feel like that isn't like a snap to snap thing, like I you know when in every situation type thing. I think there's situations that they would lose battles in. But overall, I don't think that's been the major issue with Hargraves. I mean, it certainly doesn't help at times. But, you know, I just think that he hasn't been as disciplined as I hoped he would be. Um, He's and- The confidence is shot. And, and, and you know, and I'm not saying like it's shot for good. But you and I both know because, yes. you know, we love corners who, who, as you will say, like get to chirp at guys and kind of sure. run their mouth a little bit, show a little bit of confidence. When you don't have confidence as a cornerback, you've already lost the battle. You know, you're going up against a receiver who is an incredible athlete in the NFL, knows exactly where he's going, and knows exactly when the ball is getting there. The cornerback does not know anything, and you're supposed to for him. So if you don't have confidence, right. you, I'm, like I just said, you've already lost the battle. And I think it's bad for Hargraves because – you know, not only is Mike Smith playing him in much more off coverage, which Vern can play, but man, asking a cornerback, especially a rookie quarterback, to use anticipation, experience, and film study as right. their main like yeah. traits on defense—that's hard to do. And so, uh, you know, much better pass rush this year in, in Tampa Bay. Hopefully, you hope they let him be a little bit more aggressive, play close to the line of scrimmage, play some press coverage like he did at Florida. Um, and we saw a little bit of it there, but he's not the pick, obviously, in this redraft here. You know, right. I, I don't think I don't think it's a total bust yet for Vernon Hargraves. Um, I think this year could be a big swing year, depending on how the pass rush helps him out. But I'm actually going to go with Taylor Decker. Um, oh, okay. Because this would, like you know, it. this offensive line for the Buccaneers hasn't been good. Hasn't been, I don't think, as bad as Bucks fans want to make it out to be, mm-hmm. but. I think Decker's been really, really good for the Lions. Um, and, you know, we go back and, and we talk about this now sometimes on, on the Bucks message boards over at PeterReport.com. And people go, yeah, I wish we would have picked Laramie Tunsil instead. I wish we would have picked Tunsil, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think they should have picked Decker. And by picking mm-hmm. Decker, they would give themselves the flexibility to perhaps move Donovan Smith inside. Um who like who knows? It just I think it gives them a lot more creativity, and it obviously just gives them a hell of an offensive lineman uh, to move around. Something that they've been trying to fill for the last two years, and so I think Decker would have been the better pick, especially as the trench player, uh, which is obviously more important. I it, it's interesting because I also am a huge fan of Decker, and I guess in this situation he'd more than likely play on the right side. At least I mean we'll see. I mean Demar Dotson's there, but um, but yeah, I mean that would certainly give them a stud at one of the most important positions. Interesting with Donovan Smith already in their recent history, but still developing and working on him, obviously. I've got the Saints. They took Sheldon Rankins. I give this a B so far. You know, and I've, I was talking to some people who've seen a good bit of it. Brandon Thorne went through and graded uh, for Bleacher Report all the interior defensive linemen, and he was saying uh, in the NFL he graded him for uh, Bleacher Report's NFL 1000 project. And he was saying that Rankins finished as a top 30 interior defensive lineman for him and was really, really good, especially when they moved him out to three and five technique, which makes sense. That you know, kind of coincides with what I saw on tape. Uh, Cam Jordan's raved about how smart he is as a player. Um, I am a big fan of Rankins' game, was a big fan coming out. He was a top 10 player for me. Uh, I think he needs to just get the production aspect, and I think it'll come this season. You know, They had to move him around a little bit because of injuries. I think this season he settles in. You know, he and Onyemata, uh, David Onyemata, who they took in the fourth round that year, I think they're both going to be the guys that kind of represent a turnaround for uh, the Saints. So both really good players, uh, no issue with them. Man, as I look across the board at what's available here in the redraft, though, 
there's some really good players at positions of need. Remember, this was when the Saints defense was just terrible. Um, you know, and even though you know, even receivers in need for them, honestly, at this point, right now it's Willie Sneed and Brandon Cooks and you know, Brandon Coleman's here too, but there's just not a lot after those guys. So, you know, they ended up taking Michael Thomas in the second round. Obviously, he's already off the board to the 49ers. I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna go where where DeForest Buckner actually went to the Niners when Michael Thomas is gone in our redraft. I'm going to go DeForest Buckner to the Saints. I just think he's too good of a player to pass up here. I mean, even though you could argue there are bigger needs, but they obviously felt like drafting two defensive linemen, that that was a big need for them. You know, Nick Fairley's here at this point, but there isn't much outside of him. Cameron Jordan, they're missing another edge rusher. Buckner is flexible. He can play all over. He's been really productive despite not being explosive as an interior guy. That's very rare, Uh, but he just is that strong, that powerful, that good hand usage. Uh, that good a technician and so I've been a, I'm a big fan of his game I wasn't coming into the draft I was like I had a high second round grade on him I think he was in my top 30 he was like in my top 25 maybe or something like that um, but I didn't think he was like top 10 worthy but he, so far he's I think he's definitely uh, you know played the level of expectation at least if not outplayed it uh, probably outplayed it for me so I'm going Buckner to the Saints. They could have gone a bunch of different directions. Miles Jackson on the board. William Jackson would have been a great fit here. They needed corners. Kevin Byard. I mean, man, this there's still a lot of good players left on the board in our redraft. Picking the trench guy though, mm-hmm. so gotcha. you know, kind of got to do it. That's mm-hmm. you know the, the logic that I had with the Bucks taking Decker, even though um, it's, it wouldn't have been the most pressing. So the Dolphins are up now. They ended up taking Laramie Tunsil. They were the the <laughs> uh, the benefactors of Tunsil's gas mask video that had him falling all the way down in the draft and so they get the he's scoop a hard one to grade um, so far because he played guard his first year and he clearly wasn't a guard coming out i thought he did okay at guard and this past season you know he would have one of those games where you know he would look he would be good he would be good and then all of a sudden he'd just get beaten and be super ugly you know like i think he needed to get stronger coming into the nfl and i don't know that that's really happened his frame doesn't look great to me. You know, I'm just going off the eye test. Obviously, other people that work with him are going to have a better idea. You know, remember his coach was the one involved in that video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I don't know how much direction he's got. Cocaine, gotten. strippers, you yeah, know, like, the whole it deal. It just seems like there's, it's just been like the worst possible spot for Tunsil. But this was a guy a lot of us had number one overall, and he just hasn't played to that yet. So, you know, I, again, if he had two years of tackling – it's hard for any rookie to come in the NFL and play tackle. You said corner. I think tackle's very similar. I think those are oh, two yeah, hard sure, spots. Sure. Like, you do not see many rookies come in an offensive tackle and just destroy guys without a lot of help. You know, the best rookie seasons that we've seen recently, I think, were like Jack Conklin had a great rookie season, but he got a ton of help in the process. You know, Decker's one of those guys that didn't get as much help, but, you know, still a guy that, you know, as a rookie, I thought had some ups and downs, but more ups and downs for sure. You know, I think that those kind of guys, you know, it's just rare to see a rookie come in and just be a complete stud off the bat. So I, I give Tunsil another year here before I really start getting critical. Dolphins O-line before this draft was Jamon Bushrod, Jamil Douglas, Mike Pouncey, oh Dallas my. Thomas, oh. and Brandon Albert. Oh, no. Um, and they got, they got Jack Conklin and Cody Whitehair sitting on the board here, and I was going to give them one of the two. Well, they've needed guard help for forever, and Whitehair's flexibility with Pouncey right. always getting and hurt. And I, I was thinking, I was, I originally, I was just like, oh, I'm gonna give him Conklin, but yeah, I think I'm gonna give him Whitehair. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I think that's what they need more, and I think it plays their strengths better with Pouncey in the middle, anyways. Mm-hmm. So, right, yeah, no, that's a good pick, Cody Whitehair. I've got the Raiders and Carl Joseph. You know, I think Joseph. 
I, again, this is a little bit like the Rankins pick. I have not seen as much of this pick as I would have liked to at this point. And I hope to go through the summer and watch a lot of these guys that I haven't seen much of. But yeah, I just think Carl Joseph has been kind of a, like a good, solid player in a terrible secondary. And he hasn't made the splash impact that would take for me to give him an A. I give him a B right now. I don't think he's anywhere close to a big issue, but he hasn't been the difference maker. I thought he would be a splash play type of guy, a guy that would show up on highlight reels and and make impact plays that would kind of save the rest of the defense, You know, even though they had some weaknesses, that he would make some plays that would make up for the rest of them. That really just it hasn't gone down that way. Um, so for me, I like the Carl Joseph pick. You know, Kevin Byard's been better if you're just looking to go pure safety. I'm going to give them a corner on William Jackson. I think, you know, he missed, his, he missed his rookie season. I don't think I've seen a cool, but he played this past season, and I don't think I've seen a corner give Antonio Brown. Fitz, yeah. I don't even know Fitz, just like, he just played him so tough. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. and that's, and there were some times, yeah, I thought that he was definitely a penalty and, and he got away with one. I think there was one play each time they played Cincinnati uh, that I think would have gone for a big play and he, committed a clear penalty but still i mean for the most part jackson was that's an art though is not with him yeah heck yeah i mean yeah you got to get away with that stuff no doubt you know I, and again i wasn't like complaining about it at the time i just think that you know he, if he brushes up a little bit technically he just was so skilled this past season and i liked him coming out too um and he would be in pittsburgh if Bengals hadn't picked him one spot before and Sent Artie Burns to the Steelers, but I'm not bitter at all. Um, but at Jackson to the Raiders, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that that fit just makes a ton of sense. They 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 were riding with what Amerson and Sean Smith for forever, and those guys just were not. They just didn't get the job done. Both were super disappointing. So corner was a big need there. I'll give him Jackson over Carl Joseph. So the Browns at the time they're up next. They picked Corey Coleman, who, I mean. He, can't be anything higher than d at the moment right yeah it's been disappointing really i was i mean like i liked Corey coleman but you know and i think i I legit think that we get the best shot at seeing what Corey coleman is obviously now so he was in the 30s on my board i thought he was incredibly talented once he got that i I liked i like Corey coleman a lot just cleveland obviously being a team that's won one game over the last two years it's not been a pretty sight in Cleveland. He was so. the first wide receiver off the board. Keep that in mind, too, because we've talked a lot about how well, wide receivers have struggled. Okay, well, the Cleveland's, Cleveland's wide receiver depth chart uh, at this point was uh, Terrell Pryor, Taylor Gabriel. Okay, all right. Brian if, you had, if you had been drafting for Cleveland, who would you have taken a wide receiver here? Oh, Tyree Kill. No, well, I would I mean, like, uh, like at the time, I should say. Like at the time, right, I would have right. taken Shepard. Shepard, okay. Well, wait, 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 wait. He was the first wide receiver off the board. Right, right. So every receiver is available. I was. I'm basically asking who was. So your Michael top Thomas receiver. was Thomas your top receiver. Uh. Pre-draft? Oh no, actually, I think Josh Doxson was my top receiver. Oh okay. So you would have given him Doxson here, like if it you was, were drafting for the Browns at the time. Now, I think my I think my wide receiver rankings were Josh Doxson, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas. You didn't like Treadwell at all. Treadwell was, I think, fourth. Okay. I Thomas, just could Thomas not was my wide receiver out. one, but yeah, I should have paid more attention to the warning signs. I fell in love with Treadwell watching him live, and I just never backed down. And I should have should have changed my mind on that one. No, Thomas was my wide receiver one, but um, after that, it was Treadwell. 
So I thought Doxon. I thought Doxon was going to be so good, and it makes he me sad. He still might be. He still might be. He missed his rookie season, and this past year he made a lot of splash plays. I mean, he also dropped a lot of balls. I mean, he's just inconsistent. But I think, I mean, coming oh, from that offense, coming from that offense, TCU, you, there's going to be routes, and you know, it's just a different world, I think. But tons of talent. The talent still showed up. I just think the refinement still needs to happen. I, I wouldn't well, give up give, on him. You give me hope. Yeah. Um, in a redraft. In a redraft, yeah. there's actually only one pick this can be. Oh, only one. Okay. Yeah. Miles Jack? No, it's Dak <laughs> Prescott. Oh, yeah. Good point. They ended up, what, taking Cody Kessler in this draft, right? Yeah, and I, I was sitting here, you know, as you were talking about the Raiders, and I was looking over the, the Browns depth chart again. I was like, man, the receivers are bad. Ooh, but they could use an interior, maybe Chris mm-hmm. Jones. And then I go to the quarterback, and I will go, wait. I'm an idiot. This can't be any other pick. It's right. Dak Prescott. Yeah. And who knows what Prescott will become. I and mean, I think there's still some uncertainty. It's fair to say that, I think. You know, this past season he struggled. A lot of things struggled in Dallas, though. Um, you know, and I think that he deserves the opportunity to bounce back from that. And I'm glad that he's going to get that, obviously. And this is a big season for him, sure. but Because there wasn't, like, a big investment there. So they're probably more easily convinced if he struggles again that he's not the long-term guy. But... I, I don't know. I've still seen enough from him that I'm very impressed. Do I think he's as good as he looked at times his rookie season? No, but I also keep in mind I had a sixth-round grade on Dak Prescott, so some of that may seep into my evaluation of him now and just not really buying that he could be as good as he looked as a rookie and then seeing him struggle last year and thinking, okay, like this is a little bit closer to what I thought. Obviously still a guy that wasn't it nearly you know as, as didn't struggle nearly as much as i thought he would and i loved him as a person you know as a, i was a big fan of him in college i just didn't think it would translate that well to the nfl and lo and behold so far so good so i mean but yeah Dak Dak to cleveland makes a lot of sense there lines took taylor decker you know he missed most of the last season i'll give it a b so far but i really think it's gonna be an a he's really good though yeah he's really good you know, he, he made his mistakes as a rookie, but I mean, for a rookie that was, you know, facing some a pretty murderous row of rushers at times, you know, I thought that he really did pretty well. This past season was a little bit up and, you know, just because he came back from the injury and I just kind of want to see what happens for another year, but he's off the board in the redraft. Um, Jack Conklin's still here. Laramie Tunsil's still here. Uh, this was pretty clearly the biggest need for uh, Detroit. Riley Reef was here, and they moved him to the right side when they drafted Decker. I'm going to take Jack Conklin here and give them a tackle, but I, Conklin, I think, plays on the right side, and Reef stays on the left side in this situation, uh, which is you know very doable for both players. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously preferable for Conklin, in my opinion, given the fact that he's played so well there in Tennessee. He just seems really comfortable on the right side. Uh, and so, yeah, I think this still – I think Detroit would be fine with either way this turns out. You know, I think obviously with Reef moving on, Decker's been huge for them at left tackle, and they brought in Ricky Wagner in free agency uh, to play on the right side, and he's kind of always been a right side guy. So it ended up making more sense for them to take Decker uh, the way it currently stands. But I think Neil Conklin's been a very good player. Uh, He's been better than I expected him to be. He's gotten a lot of help in pass protection, and like I said yesterday on the show, this is a big year for Jack Conklin. Because he's probably not going to get all those max protect looks that he got. And they're probably going to be a little more modern in their offensive scheme in Tennessee. And it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts to, I would think, being on an island a little bit more. 
The Falcons up next. They took Keanu Neal. This has been nothing but an A. Um, His impact has been fantastic being paired with a guy, especially like Dan Quinn, having that kind of mentality, being the guy who can play in the middle of the field, who can lay the hits, be a great athlete that he is. I mean, he was phenomenal in Florida. So, I mean, I knew that he was going to be good in the the NFL. Um, Just a lot of the stuff is just so easily translatable to the safety position. In this draft, they took Keanu Neal, but they also took Deion Jones. Um, mm-hmm. And they needed Deion Jones bad. When did they take him? What what round was he in? Was he third? Third, I think. Yeah, I thought it. Yeah, I didn't think it was the second. I was like the third or fourth. I can't remember. Wait, it might have been the second. I can't remember now. But on, I'll look. okay, Deion Jones already went in this draft. He, yes, he went actually right behind Keanu Neal, who also already went in this draft. They went to uh, Keanu went to the Bears, paired him with Amos, and then Deion Jones went to the Giants to well, pair him Jones with. Jones was the second round. 50, 52 Really? Overall. I didn't think yeah. that. Okay. All right. Overall. So anyways, anyways, Falcons are at 18 now. Both of those guys are off the board. I'm giving them Miles Jack because I still look at this. Oh, yeah. I, I look at this linebacker group, and it's uh, bad. Well, Philip oh, yeah. Wheeler, Brooks Reed, Paul, John Witherspoon, Laurie Reynolds. I don't know who these people are. Yeah, clearly a huge need for them. Miles Jack being on the board makes so much sense. He fits their defense. You know, I know they took Deion Jones. And they're obviously super happy with that. But you have to imagine if the Falcons redrafted and Deion Jones wasn't on the board or Mouse Jack was, I mean, they don't pull, they don't hesitate, yeah. right? I mean, like it's obvious, no brainer yeah. type of pick for them and what they needed and, and how he fits. So, wait, are you saying either between Neil and. Uh, no, I was just saying the Jack, I feel like, fits them perfectly. If Miles Jack is on the board, who do you think they would have picked, Keanu Neal or Miles Jack? Oh, he was on the board in real life. So, I guess Neil. Remember, because oh, yeah, he fell because right. of the injury. So I think just oh, yeah, I think you're the injury, right. the injury had a lot idiot. to do with it. The injury was a big part of it, though. I mean, yeah. that that should definitely be said. I, I fully no healthy way. Miles Jack. Yeah, fully healthy or, Miles mm. or Keanu Neal. Which one do you think they pick? Hmm. Oh, it's difficult, man. Difficult because they felt like I they still needed think Satu's big, but I still think Neal. Oh, but that's tough. Yeah, I still think Neal just because they. I think for their defense, that was a bigger deal to land a safety like that. Because, I mean, you know, to get Jones really where they got him, they, they had been a solid team and really hadn't had great linebacker play at all. And I don't think they're one of those teams that prioritizes linebackers. So I, I would say Neil. But I think Jack would have been a player that they loved if he's fully healthy. I mean, he's physical, he's aggressive, he's super fast and rangy, explosive. That's that kind of everything that they really value at linebackers. So I think they would have loved him. Uh, Ryan Kelly went to the Colts. Man, this was Kelly was kind of talked about as like the safest pick. Everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, he's so good, he's so safe." This is one I kick myself for a little bit because I thought Ryan Kelly was solid, but I didn't see like a great player. Like, I didn't see somebody on like Frank Ragno's level from this past draft, or you know Travis Frederick's level. I didn't scout that draft as nearly as closely, but you know what he's turned out to be or anything like that. I I just didn't see that level, that caliber of player with Kelly. And I think he's been, you know, again, he was okay as a rookie, I think. And then this past season missed a lot of the year due to injury. And he's had terrible play around him. You know, it's probably like a B minus. I don't know what direction you want to go from there. B, C. I mean, I call him a B. Yeah. I don't think he's been bad when he's played. I think he's been pretty average, but, 
You know, I, he hasn't been a difference maker. We'll go B. We'll be nice. Just feeling that. I don't like terrible around him though. It's yeah, that's the thing. It's so bad around him at the guard it's spots. So bad. That matters a lot, I think, on the offensive line. I think so too. So yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll be kind and give him a B. But he certainly hasn't been the player that that they hoped he would be. Um, you know, if you look at the Colts roster, you could literally just throw a dart at any position group and take it because they need it. This is their interior offensive line, dude. No joke. And there's not like a good player waiting behind them on the depth chart. It's Hugh Thornton, Khalid Holmes, Ben Heenan, and then behind I, them was... I, who are these people? I don't know. Behind them was Lance Lewis, Jonathan Harrison, and Kit O'Brien. Like I know Jonathan Harrison because he played at Florida and was bad. <laughs> Ryan Grigson was the absolute worst, man. Like, the woat? Would you say the woat? I would say that. I would say the woat. That's who Ryan Grigson is. Just terrible what he did to Andrew Luck's career. Just, it's hard not to feel feelings of hatred for that man. I know that that's not the right attitude to have, but he took something really precious from us. Let's just put it that way. Linebacker was a huge need for Indy, but there's none on the board really at this point. I, you know, shout out Jalen Smith, but you know, I just haven't seen it yet in the pros. Um, uh, with with the the way that their roster was looking and who's on the board, I would honestly, I'll probably go. I'm going to go Kevin Byard here because you know, I think he's the best player left on the board. I think Kevin Byard is just unbelievably talented. I can't. He wasn't invited to the combine. He still ended up being what the first pick in the third round. Um, you know, it just has been lights out in his NFL career this past year absolutely marvelous um just you know he's able to play in the box he's able to play in man coverage he plays single high he plays too high i mean i just he's so versatile in what he can do and he really isn't bad at any of it uh and he's and he's actually really good at pretty much every single role i just can't believe how how a guy like that that can do so many different things it's not like he's a specific scheme fit he can do a ton of different stuff for you. You know, you sometimes see those guys in later draft, they end up going to the right scheme for them and it just fits perfectly. And they end up being good. I think Bayard could play anywhere for any team in the NFL and be one of the best mm-hmm. safeties in the league. So I think he's a home run pick for the Colts at 18. Bills are up now. They pick Shaq Lawson. Um, I don't know, man, this might be an F, right? I'd say it's a D. Okay. We'll go D. We're being really nice today. But we'll I have D. a hard time giving grades F's two years out, you know, yeah, that's true. That's fair. So maybe that's just me. But I mean, he 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 has not been good. Um, Bill's depth chart at the time, though, they they definitely could have used him. I mean, man, they got Jerry Hughes, but Jerry wins a guy on the other side. Lavar Edwards behind him. I mean, it just uh, their interior is okay. They still have Marshall Darius, Kyle Williams at this point. And it's funny looking down at this Bills defensive roster. Um, still have Preston Brown, still have Ronald Darby, still have mm-hmm. Stephon Gilmore. Like these are all guys that. <laughs> They still had at the time um, that they don't really have anymore. But in terms of pass rusher, I liked the I liked the way that they were going. Um, I'm going to give him Emmanuel Ogba instead. So hmm. I think Ogba obviously would have worked out a lot better for the Bills. Interesting. Um, Ogba has been so. such a good run defender, just an all fit, just one of the best run defenders in the league. As a pass rusher, it's been a little hit or miss. But you kind of, I mean, if you watch this college tape, you kind of expect that. Still, clearly better than Shaq Lawson. Yeah. Um, so definitely an upgrade. And you, like you said, the boards dried up a little bit, and passers was a huge need for them. And I like Noah Spence. I think he's. Gonna I have wish a good Noah third Spence year. would have shown us more because yeah. I would have picked him here, but he right. just it's not. He, I mean, he missing a lot of last year as a rookie. You know, I thought he was pretty productive. What do you have? Six sacks as a rookie? Five sacks? 
five and a half. I five think. and a half playing part time. Yeah. Um, you know, Judon's was good this past season. I still think a little bit of the product of the system, but definitely a good player. Player that we're considering here. And he, what he was like a sixth round pick. Leonard Floyd, but again, I yeah, I think Ogba's the best of the bunch left and uh, as edge rusher, so yep, that makes sense. What do we say about Darren Lee for the Jets? I, again, I'll give him a D because I thought he improved a little bit this past season from what I've heard and a little bit that I've seen. Another one that I didn't watch a ton of yet. Um, but I just – and this was the same thing I said about Darren Lee coming out. And again, another guy that – I ended up giving him a second-round grade. Everybody seemed to be in the first round. But I again, a guy that I kicked myself for because if I graded him now, I would probably say put him in the third or fourth round. But I just kind of was like, I don't know if he's as good as everybody else thinks he is, so I'll go like a round lower. And it just had I had such a struggle valuing guys, you know, not evaluating them as much, but valuing where what they do should be taken in the draft. And I feel like I've gotten a much better sense of that now with a numerical scale. Um, you know, become a lot more stricter with my grading if I saw major flaws. And you know, Darren Lee was a small linebacker who didn't process the game quickly. That's a bad combination. Because if you're if you're a small linebacker, you have to be like Deion Jones, and you got to process quickly, <laughs> attack downhill, and make plays ahead of blocks. And that just hasn't been the case with Lee. And so he gets hung up on blocks, and when he got hung, hung up on contact in, at college, it was over. I mean, he just did not play like a downhill type of style. Elite Twitter game, though. I, apparently, I that's can't what people, forget about. It. I actually, what has he done on Twitter that's been great? I. I mean, I he's just remember. like involved in stuff. Like he'll comment on oh, stuff. Okay, I, I don't. I a lot of the guys it. from Ohio State are very chirpy on Twitter. That's true. And I like Lattimore. It. Lattimore's had those moments. Eli Apple's um, had some weird moments. I think. Uh, um, shoot, who's the linebacker? McMillan. Yeah, I think he was too. Huh. I didn't know that. We should have a Twitter game, tweet game episode, like to rank guys by their tweet games prospects. Might be a fun show. Fun show idea down the road. But the only the only thing I we remember about Lee, Lee Lee didn't Lee get carried? He like was mad at some some woman at a concert or something, and like Leonard Williams like picked him up and carried him off the, out of the concert like a small that. town. You don't, I don't remember, remember that? that, dude? Look up no. that video, Leonard Williams, Darren Lee. Look that up, Leonard Williams. Like he was, I don't know if he was gonna physically confront this woman or what. I forget the exact circumstances, but he was clearly irate, and like Leonard Williams just literally like picked him up and carried him out of the like out of the concert area. Like it was crazy. He just literally picked him up and just ca- like carried him straight back. And then they like, yelled it's a good at teammate right there. Yeah. The video is pretty funny, but anyway, Darren Lee. Yeah. Been a bad pick for the jets. No question. I uh, was overdrafted. I uh, had some athletic traits that you want, but really was actually worse in coverage than probably anything else. Um, as a rookie, at least, um, man, who to pick here for them at this time. They had Wilkerson, McClendon, well, Leonard Williams, and Sheldon it? Richardson. It's hard. Hey, you just, dude. You've been stalling. I thought, we were, I, I, thought I was having a, a genuine conversation with you, and you're actually out here stalling, I'm manipulating. Not, I'm out here trying to take my time and and not mess things up like the Jets have for years. Um, so excuse my attention to detail here, but this team has a lot of needs to assess. You know, um, oh boy, it's not a good roster. Let's just put it that way. The one areas that they look the strongest in are the areas that are probably still strongest in on the board and wide receiver and interior defensive line, but. You know, Wilkerson and Richardson, they went downhill pretty quickly after this. Um, you know, Leonard Williams has been there fighting the good fight, but outside of him, there hasn't been a whole lot going on there. I'm going to give him a guy like Chris Jones. I think with those two on, on their on their way out the door and really kind of descending in, in their abilities, uh, and Wilkerson and, uh, and Richardson, I think it's been – it's kind of 
to me, opens the door for, okay, let's turn the page sooner than the Jets did, which they should have, by the way, on both those guys. It was clear that there was there was just a, you know, the level of play was just kind of falling off at them, the level of interest with Wilkerson. Um, and so moving forward, I feel like Jones would be like the perfect type of player for Todd Bowles' defense, you know, just versatile. You, he played off the edge at times for the Chiefs this past year, dude. Like, has that right. legit speed and and even the bendability, his size. I mean, this is some raw things. He plays high at times in the run game, but he's just so explosive. Top 15 player for me coming out. I thought he was so explosive and talented. Chris Jones is a top 15 player for you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. Yep, okay. he was. One spot after Jonathan Bullard, I believe. Moment of silence for my board. Man. When we come back, the Texans, Will Fuller uh, was their pick. We'll finish out the first round tomorrow, uh, reassess kind of where all these teams were at. We handed out some harsh grades today, no Fs, but you know, just in the last, what, uh, 12 picks or so, a C to Leonard Floyd, a D to Eli Apple, a D to Vernon Hargraves, a C to Laramie Tunsil, a D to Corey Coleman, a D to Shaq Lawson, a D to Darren Lee. Got a little harsh with our grading today, but it was necessary. Always got to step up. Tomorrow's not going to be much prettier, I don't think. There's some bad picks as this first round goes on. So until then, keep it locked right here. Locked on NFL Draft.